Last week I was in Decatur at a conference, the Intentional Church Conference last week. It's a great conference. I love going every year, and not just because they feed us a really good lunch. They feed us really good all day long at the Intentional Church Conference. We learned a lot. I love going, one of the reasons I love going to this particular conference is because of the variety. There are people from every kind of church you can imagine there. There's people from, from all kinds of backgrounds, and yet we all come together. We all come to worship. They do a phenomenal job at that church worshiping, don't they, Paul and Joy? They, they just do an absolutely wonderful time of worship. We have, we have wonderful, wonderful speakers. We, we end up learning a lot. We end up growing a lot. And, and it's on Saturday, so no one wants to dress up on Saturday. So it's usually pretty casual. I mean, you'll see a few people in suits and maybe a couple of ties, but for the most part, it's, it's very casual. In fact, it was so casual, I, I was really surprised. The guy in front of me Saturday at the, at the conference, he, he, took, he took casual to a whole new level. He showed up in a basketball jersey. He had a, a tank top, basketball tank top, and he had basketball shorts on. Now, I don't have to tell you, that I don't know sports, right? I mean, you guys are very familiar that I, I don't know sports. But across this guy's back, across the back of his jersey, was the name Curry. And, and there was the number 30 on the back. And then I noticed on the hem of his shorts, it said Curry, and, uh, and it had the number 30. And even on his hat, he had a, he had a hat. I don't think you wear a hat when you play basketball. Uh, but he had a hat, and it had... Curry and the number 30 on it. And Hannah was sitting next to me, and I nudged her, and I said, is there any chance that's Steph Curry? Steph, that's the name. Steph Curry. Is there any chance that's Steph Curry right there? And, and she laughed and said, no, that's, that's obviously not Steph Curry. And I said, does Steph Curry know this man has his clothes? Uh, I mean, he was, I mean, all the way down to the socks and the shoes. It was Steph Curry all the way. And you've seen people do that before. You know, you, you've seen people show up in, in football jerseys. I've seen a few of you wearing football jerseys from time to time and showing us who your favorite team is. I've seen you with baseball shirts uh, and, and showing us who your favorite team is, who your favorite player is. I see people in Illini sweatshirts every now and then celebrating your team, celebrating your team's win. And if not your team's win, then at least your team's spirit, right? You celebrate your team's spirit and showing exactly who you support. Today's Palm Sunday, and we remember Jesus' triumphal entry into Jerusalem, that parade that day that they held. Now I can tell you without a shadow of a doubt, no one had a Jesus jersey on that day. No one, was, no one had a giant foam finger that said Jesus is number one, although that would be pretty cool. They were waving palm branches instead. And yet, even though they didn't have Jesus jerseys on, or, uh, everyone knew exactly what team they were on. Everything they said, everything they did that day told everyone around them what team they were on. They were on Team Jesus. I want to read to you from Matthew's account of the triumphal entry. It's in Matthew chapter 21, verses 1-11. through 11. It's on page 826 if you'd like to follow along in those blue Bibles in front of you. Matthew writes, Now when they drew near to Jerusalem and came to Bethphage, to the Mount of Olives, then Jesus sent two disciples, saying to them, Go into the village in front of you, and immediately you will find a donkey tied and a colt with her. Untie them and bring them to Me. If anyone 
says anything to you, you shall say, well, the Lord has need of them, and He shall send them at once. Uh, This took place to fulfill what was spoken by the prophet, saying, say to the daughter of Zion, behold, your king is coming to you, humble and mounted on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a beast of burden. The disciples went and did as Jesus had directed them. They brought the donkey and the colt and put put on them their cloaks, and He sat on them. More, most of the crowd spread their cloaks on the road, and others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the roads. And the crowds that went before Him and that followed Him were shouting, Hosanna to the Son of David! Blessed is He who comes in the name of the Lord! Hosanna in the highest! And when He entered Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred up saying, Who is this? And the crowds said, This is the prophet Jesus from Nazareth of Galilee. A few decades, a couple of decades later, the Apostle Paul wrote to his friends at the church in Corinth. And in 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14, Paul wrote, Thanks be to God who in Christ always leads us in triumphal procession. And through us spreads the fragrance of the knowledge of Him, the knowledge of Christ everywhere. You know, you and I may not have been in Jerusalem that day, but according to Paul, the parades never ended. The parade is still going on and we are part of that parade. And as Paul says, we spread the fragrance of the knowledge of Him everywhere. Just like those disciples that day yelling their hosannas, waving their palms, laying down their palms and their cloaks. Our actions and our words, what people see from us, what people hear from us, they tell them not just about us, but they tell them an awful lot about Jesus. And people will know who Jesus is, by what they hear from us. We've already shouted along with the crowd today. We've already yelled our hosannas. We've sung our hosannas. Hosanna is a a very old Hebrew word. In fact, it's so old that by the time of Jesus, it had lost its meaning. You ask people, what does hosanna mean? And they would say, well, hosanna means... It means hooray! (laughs) What what does hooray mean? Well, hooray means... uh, Hooray means yippee! You know, that, that's how we define hooray. and th- There's no real definition for it. In other words, it's, it's one of those words that you define by where you say it, how you say it, and when you say it. It is defined by the passion that is behind it. The emotion that's expressed in that word. Now at one time, it had meant something. At one time, it meant save. And if you were drowning, if you were dying, if you were in trouble, you might cry out, Hosanna! Save me! Save me! But when they shouted it that day, they directed it to Jesus. And it was to lift Him up, to call attention to Him. Hosanna in the highest! They shouted Hosanna! They shouted Hosanna to the Son of David! That's interesting. The Son of David. Who's... Son is David. Who is David's son? Well, David was the king, and so if they're shouting Hosanna to the son of David, they're shouting Hosanna to the king. This is the king. This is our king riding on a donkey. And so in verse 10, the whole city is stirred up, and the whole city asks, who is this? And they didn't ask that question because of what Jesus looked like. They didn't ask that question because of what Jesus was riding They asked that question because of what His followers were shouting. What they said, what His followers said made a difference. You know, people people are listening. 
People are listening to us. And what they hear from us makes a difference in how they view us. It makes a difference in how they view the church. And it makes a difference in how they view Jesus. Again and again, we've gone back to Ephesians chapter 1. And, and even though we're taking a break from Ephesians for the next couple of weeks, I'm not leaving it alone. I'm going to keep picking at it and keep taking us back to, to Ephesians. And there in Ephesians chapter 1, Paul tells us a lot about who we are in Christ. And what Paul says about us may be very different than what we say about ourselves. We may say that we're no good. We may say that we're losers. We may say that, that we're, we're, we're failures. But that's not what Paul tells us in Ephesians chapter 1. In Ephesians chapter 1, verse 4, Paul says that we have been chosen in Christ. In verse 5, he says that in love he has adopted us as his sons. And in verse 7, he says that in him, in Christ, we have redemption, that is, the forgiveness of our sins. Do people hear what we say about ourselves? And we, we can get really down on ourselves sometimes. We can be very negative about ourselves. We can even say some very hurtful things about ourselves, but God tells us that we are loved. God tells us that we are forgiven and that we are accepted. We are adopted. And so how does belittling ourselves, how does putting ourselves down, how does that express, express faith in what God says? People will know us, people will know Jesus by what they hear from us. And if they're only hearing negativity, that's not lifting up Christ. That's not exalting Him. That's not Hosanna in the highest. If they, if they only hear negative, neg negativity towards us or, or others, what are they to think? And so that's why we have to be really careful with negativity. Whether it's something that we say with our voice, whether it's something we say online, whether it's something we post online, people are listening. Do they, do they hear Jesus? We haven't quite got to Ephesians chapter 4 yet. But I promise you in a few weeks we'll be to Ephesians chapter 4. And in chapter 4, verse 29, we have this verse. Let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths. I would add, just, I would just add, don't let no corrupting talk come out of your fingers too. Let no corrupting talk come across your screens. Let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths, but only such as is good for building up as fits the occasion, that it may give grace to those who hear, to those who read. You know, people are going to judge us. They are going to judge us. I, I want to be judged by what I say about Jesus. I want that to be the loudest thing I say. What I say about Jesus. Not about what we say about a politician, whether we like them or, or not. Not what we say about a sports team, whether we support them or whether we don't. Not, about, not by how we put others down, but how we lift others up. That day in Jerusalem, people heard Jesus' followers shouting and praising Him. They knew who Jesus was by what they heard His followers saying. And people still know who Jesus is by what they see us doing. Verse 8, He says, Most of the crowd spread their cloaks on the road, and others cut branches from trees and spread them on the road. Now, we, we got our palm branches today. and glad we got our palm branches. And it's fun to wave them. And, and it's really great to have them. It really puts you in the Spirit and, and reminds you of that day. But there's a very practical reason they cut palm branches and laid them on the road. Very, very practical. The roads were dirt. And all those people walking into Jerusalem that day, can you imagine the, 
the dust cloud they must have raised. Some of you live on dirt roads and you know, you, you see it coming. You see, the, you see the dust cloud coming and you know somebody's coming down my road, but you can't tell who it is yet because you have to wait for the dust to settle. You're not sure exactly who that is. By putting down the palm branches, by putting down the cloaks, they settled the dust and everybody could see Jesus clearly that day. That still happens when we serve. That still happens when we serve Jesus. People see Jesus more clearly. You know, we, we're always encouraging you to serve. And we don't just encourage you to serve because there's jobs to be done. We don't just post the service list in the back because there are jobs to be done. We, we post because it's easier to see who Jesus is when we're serving rather than when we're just sitting. When we serve, it is easier to see who Jesus is. And again, I'll take you back to Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. For we are His workmanship. We are His masterpiece created in Christ Jesus for good works. When we serve, people see Jesus clearly through us and they see Him clearly through the church. And you know, that, that image of Christ is so much clearer and it is so much sharper and so much greater when we are serving together. In Ephesians 2.19, Paul goes on and he says to, the, to that church there in Ephesus, he says, you're no longer strangers. You are no longer aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of God's household. You are one, and when you serve, you serve as one. That day in Jerusalem, some people were cutting branches. Others were throwing them down. Others were waving them. Some people were, were taking their cloaks and throwing those down and, and allowing the, the, the donkey and, uh, to, ride, to walk over those. They were shouting hosannas. They were shouting, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is the, the Son of David. They were doing a lot of different things, but they were doing them together. Laying their palm branches down that day, the dust settled and they and that allowed people to see Jesus. You know, we, we have to admit, there's a lot of potential for us to kick up a lot of dust, isn't there? There's a lot of potential for us to, to kick up dust. And sometimes we divide people. Sometimes we decide who's in and who's out. And you know what that does? That kicks up the dust. Sometimes we, we, we kick up dust by, well, by not doing anything at all. Sometimes we decide, well, it's somebody else's turn to serve. I, I, did, my, I did my job. And and all that does is that kicks up dust. I've done my part. Let someone younger do that. It's, it's someone else's turn. That, that kicks up dust. But the beautiful thing is when we serve together, it stops being about us. And the dust settles. And everyone can see Jesus clearly. That day in Jerusalem, people heard Jesus' followers shouting praise. They saw, him, they saw them serving Him. And they still hear his followers praising. They still see his followers serving. And it's a reminder to us that the people around us should see Jesus in what we celebrate. They should see Jesus in what we celebrate. Now, there's one question I did not have to ask that guy sitting in front of me in the Steph Curry jer jersey. There's one question I did not need to ask him. Do you like basketball? <laughs> even, even I could figure that out. Who's your favorite player? I didn't have to ask him that. He showed me. He showed me exactly who he was by what he was wearing. You know what else? He also showed me exactly who he was 
when the older man sitting in front of him needed some help. The older man in the suit and tie. And he went over and sat down and, and helped that man out. And, and that man thanked him. That showed me who he was also. By the way he served. By the way he cared for someone else. Do we wear our worship of Jesus? Can people tell that we're on Team Jesus? Do they see Jesus in what we celebrate? I love how Matthew tells this story. Because Matthew identifies three different groups in this story. Three different people who are saying three different things about Jesus. First, there's the disciples who are walking with Jesus and they're shouting. And then there's the whole city of Jerusalem. And the whole city of Jerusalem asks in verse 10, who is this? And then there's the third group that he calls the crowds. The crowds. And, and, and they're not the disciples. They're not the ones following Jesus or leading Jesus. They're just the crowds. And they're not shouting, Hosanna, this is our King. Hosanna in the highest. Instead, in verse 11, they're saying, this is the prophet Jesus from Nazareth of Galilee. And you notice it's not quite the same thing that the rest of the people were saying. It's not quite the same thing that the disciples were saying. They didn't declare Him to be their King. They didn't shout that He was the one that was going to save them. They didn't shout Hosanna in the highest, but they knew there was something special. This is Jesus. He's a prophet. He's from Nazareth. They knew there was something special about Him. How? Because they could hear His followers' confession. They could hear His followers' confession and that impacted their perception of Jesus. They knew Jesus was special because of what His followers were saying. I think we can learn a lot about ourselves when we listen to what the people around us say about Jesus. I think we can learn a lot about ourselves as a church and as Christians when we hear what the people around us say about the church. What they say about Christians. Because who you are impacts them. What you say impacts them. The way that you serve impacts them. Do they, what do they hear in us? Do they hear the way we talk about ourselves? Do they hear the way we, we talk about others? They're watching. They, they watch us. They, do they see us serving? Or do they simply see us sitting? The way we celebrate Jesus should change the way they see Jesus. And, and maybe they're not ready to say, Hosanna. Maybe they're not ready to say, save me. But do they at least know that there's something special in Him because He's special to us? You and I will become known for what we celebrate. We become known for what we celebrate. Whether it's a sports team, whether it's a particular politician or political party, whether it's food, or whether it's our faith. We become known for what we celebrate. We may not always wear the jersey, but people see what we celebrate. They know who we are. They know what we're about. We won't just be known for what we celebrate. We're also known for what we denigrate. That means what we put down. What we insult. What we dislike. We'll be known for what we dislike. What we belittle. What we even might say that we hate. And personally, I would rather be known by what I'm for than what I'm against. I would rather be known by who I'm for than who I'm against. I would rather people know who Jesus is because I celebrate Him. Next Sunday's Easter. Next Sunday we'll celebrate. I'm excited about the celebration. I'm excited about the songs. I'm excited about our, our visitors. I'm excited about the possibilities. I'm excited about who they might say Jesus is because of what they see in us. 
and what they hear from us, the way that we celebrate Him, the way we lift Him up. Let's make sure our lives are lifting Him up. Let's make sure we're celebrating Him so that when they ask the question, who is this? We can show them with our lives, with our hearts, with the way that we love them. Let's stand together and pray. Father, today we we shouted the Hosannas. And now we prepare our hearts, we prepare ourselves for that week-long walk with Jesus through the upper room where He washed His disciples' feet, through the garden where He prayed for us, that, that we might be one just as He and You are one, and through the trials, through the beatings, to the cross, to the grave, and to the glory and promise of resurrection. Father, this whole week is a reminder to us that the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give His life as a ransom for many. And so I pray that through the ways that we serve, the image of Christ would be seen clearly in us so that when they ask, who is this? We can tell them, this is Jesus. And this is how He loves you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Go in peace.